This is Soccer in Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton. With less than a week before state tournaments kick off, this week's episode is a high school soccer special. What's the landscape around the state and who are the title contenders as the regular season winds down? We'll hear from Hellgate girls coach Natalie Hiller-Claridge and Sentinel girls coach Dan Lockridge as their teams battle for seeding going into state. Hellgate boys coach Jay Anderson also joins the podcast as the Knights look for their third straight state title. So stay tuned. Joined now on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast by Hellgate girls soccer coach Natalie Hiller-Claridge. Trying to get into some prep soccer here for the first time on this podcast, which is a thing that I've been targeting for a while and just haven't been able to do, but we're doing it now. Coach, thank you for coming on with us and uh, taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And this is fun. It's exciting to have somebody focusing a little bit more on soccer. I'm trying because I think that there's a great soccer community around here, um, especially in Missoula, which is just, you know, a little bit of a multicultural city um, and has a lot of people who care about the game. And it's just it's it's tough to get the coverage with everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Hellgate coming off a 1-0 win over Big Sky uh, last night. We're recording this on Friday, which is October 8th. So beat Big Sky last night. Just where are you guys uh, sitting right now? What's your record? How's the season played out for you? Yeah, so we're 9-1-1. One, and, one. Um, and so we're sitting number two in our conference. Um, you know, we, we dropped one to Capitol early on, and then we tied Helena. Um, and then Helena has tied two and so right now they're ahead of us um, by a few points just based on the losses and wins and ties Um, we play them on Tuesday so from here on out what I keep telling my girls is we have control right of our own destiny Um, and so we'll just keep winning and and hopefully we'll be sitting where we would like to be sitting by the end of the regular season can you show a little bit closer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, what what point in the season are you guys at right now? Are we coming down to the to the end here? Yeah, we've got three. Most everyone has three, two or three regular season games left. Um, so we have Flathead on Saturday. We have Helena High next Tuesday, and then Capital on uh, Thursday. So it really is sort of just a rush to the end of the season there with three games and whatever five days. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, it, it tends to be that way with high school soccer. We, we've got a short season just because the snow starts to fly. So we've got to get two games in a week, um, sometimes three with smoke and COVID stuff. So, yeah. So the Hellgate girls sitting sitting pretty, or at least in control of their own destiny heading into the final week of the regular season. Just tell me a little bit more about the structure of the high school season here? I mean, how many teams are, are going into the playoffs? What does the state tournament look like? How many contenders do you think there are for the state title this year? Um, and, and just what the whole season looks like. Yeah, so um, there are eight teams on each side, uh, west and east. Um, and how it works is uh, the play-in game. Everyone gets gets one of those, right? And you stay within your conference. So number one will play number eight on our side and so on right two and seven and um and same thing happens on the east side and then the first the quarterfinal will be um the top four teams that come out of those play-in games and you know number one on the west will play number four in the east and gotcha. so on yeah that's how it works How's this season been for you? I mean, you guys have, have a good record, but you mentioned a, a couple early losses. You tied Helena early in the season. Mm-hmm. How have you guys progressed as, as the season has gone on? Yeah, so, you know, 
we started the season with high expectations. We came off of a well, really a historical season for our program last year when we upset West in the quarterfinals and made it to the semifinals. Ended up losing, into, losing to Helena High in a shootout. Um, so we're definitely, we were contenders last year. So um, knowing who we lost and who we were getting, we knew we could we could vie for the title again this year. So, you know, that's our goal. We, we are wanting to win state and that started from the beginning. Um, we lost to Capital unexpectedly. I think the shots, if I remember right, it was 25 to two. Um, unfortunately, just we couldn't get one to fall and they got one in that was unexpected. Um, and that was one of those losses where, you know, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, thank God that happened early in the season, right? Right. Uh, and what do we need to do to, to make some corrections and um, learn from what we, we, you know, the mistakes we made. and. Then we came back the next game and tied Helena high, and they're they're a good team, fast and and skilled. So um, we knew we were still on track after that one. So talking here with Natalie Hiller Claridge, who's the girls soccer head coach at Hellgate High School, and Natalie's uh, been in the community for a while, leads the intramural program over at the University of Montana. But how long have you been coaching over at over at Hellgate? Yeah, so this is only my second season. So um, I grew up here in Missoula. I played for Big Sky, and we won two state titles there when I played 94, 95. Um, and then I played for the Grizz um, and um, coached for the Grizz for a couple of years and then got my intramural job, just realized college coaching, it was not for me in terms of um, the unexpected, you know, having to move. I wanted to stay in Missoula. So got me a job at the university running intramural sports and our youth camps program. And I've been there since. And um, I wasn't, I didn't get involved in youth sports until um, just recently. Uh, I got asked to start training a goal. I was a goalkeeper. Um, I got asked to start training a goalkeeper when uh, she was an eighth grader. Just a friend of mine was her coach and I said sure and then kind of got the bug and then um, Dan Lockridge at Sentinel asked me to just volunteer and um, did that for a couple years and and then this Hellgate job opened up. My wife's a teacher at Hellgate. Um, it's kind of where my heart is, is that, that community. My wife was the volleyball coach there for five years. So when that job opened, I didn't even blink. It was, I'm applying. I think I got my application within, within 24 hours. Um, Sophia Pierce is the, is the keeper I'm talking about when she was an eighth grader. Now she's uh, playing for the Grizz. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I owe her a lot. I, I thank Dan for asking me to come out and get the team bug again. And um, luckily enough, I was able to get the job at Hellgate. And what a great first season. Um, I just got a group of girls that even though we made a lot of changes in terms of how we wanted to operate and and expectations and standards, they all said yes. And, um, and I've got some skilled players, so super lucky as a coach. No, that's awesome. What was the transition like for you going from, uh, you know, an, an assistant coach and not really doing that all that much and, and having another job to being in charge of an entire program? Yeah, you know, programming is, is what I do, actually. Um, and mentoring young adults is what I love. It's why I work out on campus. Um, it's the, my favorite part of my job uh, on campus is working with my employees, um, particularly right now with my youth camp staff. And, um, and so, it, you know, I, 
luckily had great mentors at the college level. Um, Eric Oman was my goalkeeper coach and Betsy Dirksen was my head coach and I coached under her. Um, and I just, you know, I learned so much from them technically and tactically, but also about how to set standards, right? And how to help young people want to grow and want to get better and getting them to understand what work that takes, right? Um, so yeah, I, I it wasn't it wasn't actually that big of a transition for me to be honest. And what I'm really lucky with is that I had two uh, women in this community that said yes and and are coaching with me, um, Crystal Herzog and Rachel Ewell. Uh, I, I have such a great team behind me that's helping me every step of the way. Um, so yeah, we just it's it's been great. So yeah. Yeah, how would you how would you detail or explain just your coaching philosophy? I mean, the things that you have learned and built up over the courses of of your time, you know, working with young people, mentoring, like you said. How would you describe that? That's a secret. I, I, mean, I can't really <laughs> tell you that. No. Um, Gosh, for me, I always talk about how soccer is secondary to me. Like, it's just the vehicle that I use to help people grow, right? And if you look at my professional life, recreation is that way. So to me, it's not, obviously I wanna win and I, I want the girls to do the best on the field, but um, it's off the field that matters more. Like when I lay at, wake at night and I'm thinking about them, a lot of times it's about them personally, right? Um, and so it's taking care of them individually and figuring out how each one of them ticks, right? And how they respond to things and what's gonna make them get in the right mindset um, each game. They're, you know, everybody's different. And so it's really meeting the athlete where they are more mentally than physically, actually. So yeah, that's kind of how I go about everything. Well, it has to be a puzzle just trying to figure that out for everybody on the team. I mean, 20 some girls, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, 38 in our program, wow. right? Um, and I mean, yesterday was a, a mind boggling game in terms of what exactly happened, you know? What, where were their minds? Um, and so, I, I mean, before I got here, I was on the phone with one of my assistants for about 45 minutes working through all that. Because you know we have the skill, right? Uh, you know we can win games. And then we, we have a moment like yesterday where we honestly felt like it was a different team in some play, in, at some time. So we, I always chalk it up to something mentally was, was not quite there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're working through that. But it's so important to, you know, you're always going to have days like that. I mean, that's what, if you're, if you're trying to win a state championship, you're trying to, you know, you're just going to have to go through games like that. It's so important to work through that when it happens. And still, I mean, you guys still got the result yesterday, so. My sisters and my mom and dad and brother will say, like, a win is win, right? Right. And, and in the game of soccer, the best team doesn't always win. Right. You know, it's a it's an interesting game that way, as you know. Um, and so a win is a win. And, you know, going into the rest of the regular season with the mindset of uh, girls, you need to be compassionate with yourselves. You know, you, you, if you get too hard on yourselves, um, you're not going to bounce back, right? You can have high standards, but you got to figure out how to grow and learn from the experience of yesterday and not let it just bring you down mentally. 
Yeah, that's so important. Talking here with head coach Natalie Hiller-Claridge of the Hellgate Girls soccer team, joining us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Coach, let's just talk about your team a little bit, what tactics you like to play, how you set up, who you rely on. I mean, just sort of the big names on your team. You want all my secrets again. Exactly. I 100% <laughs> do. That's the, that's the interesting stuff. So, you know, obviously, if you look at our stats, Carmen Anderson is our forward up top um, who has the most points on our team. She's She has a lot of assists. She has a lot of goals, right? So, obviously, we're trying to get her the ball. But then she's got Ashley Young right on the side, right? It's It seems like a lot of times they're just trading off who decides to come up with assists and who comes up with with goals um so we we obviously are trying to get those two the ball however let's start in the back my favorite position goalkeeper so we lost sophia pierce last year so everybody's like whoa what is hellgate gonna do they they don't have a goalkeeper next year and it's like you guys i know who's coming up we are fine and nova gardner um my assistant just on social media called her super supernova yesterday um she's a freshman she's coming up big for us uh she's you know learning as she goes uh she's doing awesome um keeping us in games had a huge save at the end of the game last night to to keep us in it um and then my back line so we play uh three back which you know you don't see always but we have the strength to do it um We've got Clara Talent in the center back, and she is one of our leaders. She, I call her my rock. She's consistent. Um, she's a great communicator, and uh, we rely on her to just keep everything organized in the back. Um, and then she's got Lauren Dick on her left and uh, Chloe Anderson on the right, um, and they keep the ball out of the 18, right, and step in front of shots when they need to. Uh, and then we've kind of go, gone back and forth with our six. Uh, sometimes it's Gabby Beaton, but right now it's it's Liv. Um, she's a freshman, just holding her own back there. We call her our honey badger because she's kind of scrappy and she's always in the way, which has allowed us to um, get a little bit more out of Gabby on the attack. So Gabby Beaton is just a technical player in the midfield who um, can win the ball and then di- distribute it where she needs to and, um, and help Carmen in. Ashley uh, do what they do up top and then on the outsides we've got Lucia and uh, and Riley um, who are starting to create more and more each game going end line and getting negative for us so we're really dynamic we pay we, we like to play possession right um, so we like to build out of the back we like to move it through the midfield um, and make things happen up top yeah, that's that, awesome. Was that a? Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what that's exactly what I'm looking for because I just think that stuff is so interesting. How I mean, there's a million ways you can set up your team based on the talent that you have. I mean, the the philosophy that you have as a coach. Um, so I always love to hear coaches talk about that stuff and just you know this is how we're trying to retain possession. This is how we're trying to get goals. Whether it's you know getting wide, playing through the middle, getting to the touchline, and and cutting back or, or whatever it happens to be. I just think it it tells me so much about you know what a team looks like because I have never seen you guys play yeah so the the key for us is like not one way right Right. like there are games where sometimes we've just gone direct and it's like come on you know we know how to get wide and go in line Um, and so here at the end of the season what we're trying to do is put it all together right and be threatening from outside the 18 be threatening within the 18 um and yeah so it's it's come together it's been fun to to watch them develop throughout the season and figure out how to work with each other 
So that's your team and, and you guys at, at 9-1-1 one, one in, in conference play, uh, playing really well. Sounds like Helena High is good again this year. Who else would you say or just around the state are you, are you watching out for? Yeah, so I mean, west on the east, which is funny to say, but um, Billings West is uh, at the top there and Gallatin is number two. Um, and then if you look at kind of the middle of each conference, you've got the um, people that are sitting three, four, and five, and you know who's going to come out of that pack. It'll, it could go kind of shake out however, you know, it, it could shake, shake out anyway with those guys. But you also know that in the game of soccer, like we talked about earlier, the best team doesn't always win. Sometimes number one gets upset, right? And so we just, I just don't... I, I don't have any expectations. If you look at who we might play, I don't. I don't take guesses, right? Um, it's more we're just preparing ourselves, and whoever's on the other side of the field, we're going to beat. And what we talk about is, it doesn't matter what color uniform they have on, we're just going to take care of it. Do you change tactically at all when you get down to like single elimination in the playoffs to guard against something like that? No, we do not. Okay. <laughs> they better change for us. Awesome answer. <laughs> Talking here with head coach Natalie Hiller-Claridge of the Hellgate Girls Soccer Program. We've talked about your team. We've talked a little bit about the landscape of the state. I just want to talk to you about the soccer community sort of around here in, in Missoula because you've been around it. Like you said, you played for Big Sky, played for the Grizz. You've been here ever since. What are your impressions of just the soccer community around here, the people who care about it, and particularly um, for girls soccer? Yeah, so... Um it's pretty amazing to have watched the transformation of what soccer has meant in this community. So obviously I grew up here, born and raised, right? And my parents always talk talk about this guy named Philly um, who started soccer in Missoula, you know, in rec leagues. And, and then, you know, Strikers has always been there. And as the years have gone by, they, they get... Um, better and bigger and um, more technically sound in terms of their coaching um, and then FC is there as well right which I think is great to have two clubs so that everyone has an option in terms of philosophically what club they want to play with you know, there's different priorities for each club um, and then in terms of the support that we get from the community I mean if all I have to do is look at our fundraising, right, at Hellgate Soccer. I mean, you just you, you walk up to somebody and you tell them what you're doing and you tell them about soccer and they get behind you, right? Um, we have great crowds at Hellgate that show up to watch, and sometimes it's parents, but uh, there are community members that show up as well. Um, and then, I, you know, if you go to the Grizz Soccer Games, the stands right now, there's, you know, 500-plus people in them every game. Um and so it's it's a fun community. You wouldn't guess it, you know, necessarily in Missoula, Montana, that right. it would have the the soccer community that it does. But um, you know, it seems like on both the boys and girls side, we always have a few kids that leave here and they're playing soccer in college, uh, all different levels. So it's we're obviously doing something right. It's, it's pretty exciting. How much do you still follow the Grizz? Because they're having a good year, a good year this year. Yeah, so um, I've got a little bit more skin in the game now that Sophia plays um, for them. I've gone, I've gone up and down with my support through sure. the years as I have been an alumni, um, and it really has a lot to do with the the relationship that the alumni has with the coach, right? 
we've had coaches in the past that don't necessarily keep it going, but I'm part of our alumni board. And uh, once Chris was hired and we figured out what he was about as an individual and a person, he's really easy to get behind. Um, and then the quality of characters, like the, the people out on that field, once you get to know them as well, you want to get behind them. And then he's successful, right? The Grizz, as a coach, Chris has figured out how to tap in and, and get the right recruits and get them to, to, to do great things. And then it's even more fun to support them. So for me, when I'm not at practice at Hellgate, I'm at the games. I've been at all the Sunday home games this year. That's awesome. What was the what's the biggest thing that's different about that program now than from when you were there in, in the 90s? Because I, <laughs> I, I have no I have no conception of what it was like, you know, 25 years ago when Be quiet, which I was going to say is like you were talking about being being there in the late 90s. And I was like, that was just after I was born. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I played. Yeah. 96 through 2000. So, um Okay, soccer, just in general across the country, women's soccer has just improved, right, exponentially. Um, but when it, if you just, it, it's all relative, right? And Big Sky Conference back then was literally just getting going, right? And we were always on top there. Um, and, and so it, it's different because I think that the playing field for the Grizz now is a little bit more even, right? Um, back then it was, we were at top and there was always a couple competitions. Like there was no question that we were always gonna beat certain people. Um, and so I think that uh, in terms of just the soccer level, it's, it's, it's higher than it was, right? Um, on the same side of things, the, the philosophy and the culture feels really similar right now to what it was when I played. Um, knowing Betsy, knowing Chris, um, it's just, it, it feels like a similar program in terms of culture. So it's, it's kind of fun to watch. You touched on something that I wanted to ask you about, and I, you know, just simply, what what has driven sort of the rise of women and girls soccer in this country, in your opinion, over the last, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, right? I, I guess starting with the, the World Cup way back when, mm -hmm. with the Mia Hamm and Brandi Chastain teams, but in your opinion, what has it been? Yeah, I think what you just started talking about. So you had a bunch of women that were playing at a really high level that decided that that they wanted to be on the world stage. They didn't want to just play soccer and hope people show up. So what they did is they started a grassroots campaign, right? They would literally go out into, I'm talking about those 90, the late 90s, right? The Mia, Mia Hamm and Brandi Chastain and all of Julie Foudy, all those people. So they would go out in communities and they would literally get out of their training vans, like when they were headed to whatever facility to practice, they would see a youth team like practicing, they would get out and go play with them, right? And so they created this like community of soccer amongst the entire nation, right? And so you get all these little girls excited about soccer in terms of like they came out and watched me then they, they started getting more people in the stands 
and then they were successful, right? So immensely so, yeah. So being successful on top of making it about more than themselves, right? That's really what it was. Like they're like, it, we have to get people excited about this, and that's what they did. And so then, you know, you go back to you know when you know the was it the World Cup where she ripped her Ryan Chastain rips her shirt off like iconic. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that moment for soccer was for women's soccer. It was empowering. It was like every little girl was like, I can be that, you know, and it's, it's, it's really cool. And now you've got a bunch of women playing at all different levels who are still doing that same thing. They're fighting for what they believe in. They um, are fighting for equal pay and it's inspiring and it makes it easier to, uh, to continue on because it's it's more it's about more than the sport and that's important to me so like we went out to the missoula strikers academy on monday we took a day off of practice right at the end of the season to go hang out with these kids and it was it was awesome like i had not seen some of our girls smile so much than in that day um and not to mention all the little kids too so so i i think that's the big piece i think it's you got to make it more about more than just the game that's awesome who who do your girls look up to now because i think those late 90s teams sort of drove the first wave of you know girls youth soccer participation in the country who who do your girls look up to these days they watch the u.s national team still but we also have um we have more access to watch all kinds of different soccer now, you know, and, and like I just watched a game the other day against um, Alabama and Georgia, wow. Georgia, right? Like what? Like, yeah, right. You, you used to not be able to see that kind of stuff on TV, right? And so, I mean, they, they watch men's, they watch the women's side. We have the NWSL now. Um, and and so yeah i don't ever hear them talk particularly about any one player anymore it's there's so many now you don't they don't necessarily have to choose their favorites so it's pretty exciting hellgate girls head soccer coach natalie hiller claridge joining us for a great discussion on the soccer and snow and smoke podcast natalie i'll get you out of here i know that you're waiting on your tires to get (laughs) fixed so we don't have all day to talk about soccer here but anything else that you want to touch on um before i before i let you leave yeah no i I just want to thank you for having having me on and getting you know soccer i guess just talking about it more right um hopefully people are tuning in and and getting excited about the sport that obviously helps me drive the motivation and and growth of young people so i personally love these conversations this is one of my favorite things to do in the world is just to pick people's brains about soccer Mm -hmm. because i think it's endlessly fascinating so this is this is you know what i want to be doing and it's awesome that i have so many cool people in missoula like yourself to come on and talk with me so that's hellgate head girls soccer coach natalie hiller claridge knights going for a regular season conference title going for the number one seed in the double-A West bracket. They're 9-1-1. Three games here coming up this week, so good luck with those. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was great. This is Soccer in Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton, and on Soccer in Snow and Smoke, I'll bring you everything you need to know about the beautiful game, from the Montana Grizzlies and local high school programs to the Premier League. 
Listen to the Footy 15 segment twice a month on Nuanez Now, 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, and find the full show online on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcoming now to the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, Sentinel Girls head soccer coach Dan Lockridge. Dan, a longtime coach over there at Sentinel, coached the boys program for over a decade. In his fourth year coaching the girls program now. Dan, thanks for coming on. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So I just wanted to to get started right away. I mean, tell me a little bit about the season that you guys are are having this year. I mean, Sentinel over there, you guys you guys are having a good season, but where are you guys at right now? You know, we're having a really good season. We've got a solid squad. We are sitting in third place in the Western Conference at this juncture, and we got two games left before we head into the postseason, and that comes kind of really fast. Um, we've got tomorrow night, Thursday night against Flathead, and we go Saturday up to Glacier High, and then we start on Tuesday with a play-in game either against Big Sky or or Flathead again to have to turn around and possibly play him just four days later. So, yep. So we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, October thirteenth, which is the last week of the regular season for high school soccer across the state. Which is later than I meant to get into it, but maybe it's good that we're doing it now because everything's sort of coming to a head here. Did you expect to have this success when you guys were coming into the season? I mean, did you think that you had a, a pretty decent team this year? Yeah, we knew we were going to be a different team. I, I knew that we were going to have some young players that were going to have to fill in some big shoes. Um, from we, we graduated nine last year. So um, anyway, you look at that, we knew that there were going to be some youngsters coming in and having to develop as, as they played the games week by week, and they're definitely doing that. They're coming through for us, um, just getting better every single game. So... At the beginning of the season, I, if anyone would ask me the teams that are sitting at the top of the table, I would have said those are the teams that will be sitting at the top of the table. And and uh, we wanted to be one of those three, and uh, we're sitting in that third position right now, feeling pretty good about our chances. So, Yeah, so you guys are behind, uh, right, Crosstown Rivals Hellgate High School, who uh, who's coach Natalie Hiller-Claridge. We also talk to on this podcast. Uh, and then behind Helena High as well, right? Correct, yes. And those two played last night in quite a uh, uh, barn burner. So I guess not a barn burner, but a tight one. They, it was one nothing Helena High over Hellgate last night, which was exactly, you know, what you expect, a tight game between the top two teams in your conference. So um, both teams are playing great as the season goes on. And, and so we kind of feel like we want to be in there with them. And I think that we're, I think we're in the hunt. How much do you go into a season – focusing on those two teams that you had a pretty good guess were going to be at the top? Do you strategize or, or come up with different tactics to, to beat them? I mean, are those the teams that you're thinking about in the off season all the time? Yeah, you know, I kind of feel like every season is a different animal every single year. So you kind of get, um, you know, who's going to be the hard ones and uh, you try to line up in a way that you're going to have your best chances against them. But with the home and away situation, it's usually more of a situation where you, um, you play them the first time to try and figure out what you're going to have to do the second time to beat them. Um, and, 
you know, the first time we played Helena this year, we got our butts kicked. It was 5-1 over in Helena, and then they came to us, and we tied them 3-3. And that was a really big game for us. It was, I felt like a kind of a changing moment in the season for us and, and that we kind of took our whole level of play to a whole new level. Dan Lockridge, head coach of the girls' soccer team over at Sentinel, joining us. Spartans are having a good year. They're in third place in their conference in the last week of the regular season here, looking like good value to host uh, at least one home game in the state playoffs. Coach, tell me a little bit more about your team. Who are the players to watch? I mean, what do you like to do tactically? How do you like to line up, and, and how do you like to play? So I like to play a pretty attacking brand of soccer, um, and we're able to do that pretty well because we have a phenomenal center back in Lily Allen, and we have the best goalkeeper in the state in Cassidy Kurgan, both of whom are juniors. They are just rocks in our defense. That coupled with the rest of our back line of Aiden Ort, who's a senior, and she just plays with so much heart. And then we got some youngsters that are just joining the varsity squad this year that have really come through for us and have done phenomenal work. And a couple sophomores of Kiana Norton and Phoebe Nellhorn and then Jaden Nash, um, who is a junior for us as well, but first year on varsity, and she's doing really, really well. So that, that back line that we have allows us to really try and fly forward and get into um, attacking positions with the likes of Haley Wolski, who is, I mean, she's just blazing fast. So we definitely try to take advantage of her speed. And um, and then she's not just fast, she's a phenomenal soccer player as well. So when we were able to get her in behind their defense, it's kind of like catch her if you can. Um, she's, she's that kind of a player. And she's got a ton of goals this season. I'm not even sure how many, but you know, she had a hat trick in her last outing against Glacier. And she's just really turned it on, turned the corner in the last half of the season. Um, our midfield is anchored by Faith Marshall. She just kind of holds us down in the midfield, makes sure that nothing gets through her. And if it does, then we've got that phenomenal back line that takes care of things for us. Um, and then we got a good creative force in the midfield with Ireland Lockridge, my daughter actually, and um, Gracie Hightaylor and Grace Herto will fill in there as well. And so we find some really, really good stuff um, through those players as well. So it's been fun. And then we got we had a major injury um, to Shay Ewing, who was a senior, and she was scoring a ton of goals for us. And she ended up getting injured against Big Sky a few weeks back. So ever since then. Brielle Powers has really filled in to that other forward attacking position for us and has done a phenomenal job. She's gotten, I swear she's, she's gotten twice as good just in the last two weeks as she had in the previous, you know, month and a half. It's, she's doing so well. You mentioned graduating nine players after last season. So coming into this season, is that as many as you've ever had to in your career? And you've had, you've had a long career. I mean, you've, coached either the boys or the girls team at Sentinel for 15 years over there but how difficult is it to replace a class like that that graduates and takes not only some good players but just so much depth with it as well yeah I had one season where I had 13 seniors um, on the boys side back in I think 2011 2012 something like that and that was a tough one the year after that we were 
we only had one returning starter. Um, this year, we while we graduated a lot of seniors, we were still returning, I think, five or six starters. So we had a pretty young team last year playing a lot of sophomores. And those seniors, what they gave us was the deepest bench I've ever had. Um, that we were able to start those really good young players that are still playing with us this year, but then we had seniors to go to when we had to sub someone out, and that is um, that that makes a huge difference. So, um, yeah, yeah, that must have been such an advantage because there's not a lot of depth in in high school soccer in Montana. I mean, did that change the way that you coach, knowing that you had older players you could rely on who who could come off the bench? Yeah, it made it easy. I mean, and it's been a different year for us this year compared to last year. Last year, we were just injury after injury after injury. And, you know, I think our last two games of the season, we had kind of already been established that we were going to be sitting in third place no matter what happened last year. Um, Or fourth, third or fourth place. Whatever, Whatever we were in, we weren't going to move. And so we ended up just resting people for the last couple games of the season, just knowing that we couldn't move and that we were already, you know, going to be hosting a play-in game. Um, And so, but it did make it easy that any of my starters that were injured, I had a very able-bodied senior with lots of experience to be able to plug into that position. Um, This year, it's definitely, um, it's been fun to watch these young sophomores and a couple freshmen that we've got swinging get in and see what they can do and then watch them week after week just get better and better and better because that's that's really what we preach is um you know it's really it's two seasons you've got the regular season and then you've got the postseason and what you do in the regular season doesn't really matter because everybody gets a play-in game and if you were to come in last and you win your play-in game, well, now you're going to go play a team from the East. And um, so the key is to just try and be peaking at the right time. The key is to make sure that just day in and day out that the girls have the right mindset of we're here to get better. We're here for a reason. And it's not always to go out and win every single game. It's to just know that we're here to improve. And that's what we really preach in the program. Dan Lockridge, head girls soccer coach over at Sentinel, joining us on this prep extravaganza edition of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Dan, you mentioned, you know, if you win the playing game, you go play a team from the East. Who are the teams to watch out East? I mean, we talked about in, in your conference, it's Hellgate and Hell in the High and, and yourselves. What about the, the, the wider landscape of, of girls prep soccer around the state? Yeah, so it's tough because we never actually get to play against any teams from the East until that game. And so all we can do is keep an eye on the stats and the the records and all that good stuff. But right now, um, Billings West is sitting top of the table undefeated. They've played, I think, 13 of their 14 games, and they've won 11 of them and tied two, which is, I think, exactly what... Helena High is sitting at right now. So both of those teams are looking to be pretty dominant in their in their uh, respective conferences. But then right below Billings West, you've got, you know, Gallatin High and their second year as a high school is already sitting second in their table. So that's, that's a huge bump for them, um, just being such a young program. And oftentimes when a school opens, like when Glacier opened, it took them a couple years to get to that 
spot where they were um, rising to, you know, to the top a little bit. And for Gallatin to have done it in their second year is probably testament to the coach that they've got there and Joel Ganey. He seems to know what he's doing. Um, so, and just Bozeman's got that soccer culture and soccer town. So, um, and then from there below, it's kind of a dogfight. They've got three teams that are all looking to win a couple games at the end of the season or win their last game at the end of the season and possibly pop into that, you know, third place position, fourth place position. So I think it's senior and, and oh, I can't remember. Maybe Bozeman actually might be in that fourth or fifth spot. So it's kind of exciting over there in the middle of the table. I think those top two are locked, but we'll see who ends up in third, fourth, and fifth. Interesting that you mentioned Bozeman being a soccer town. Just why is that, and, and how does something like that grow in a, in a place like that? I, I don't know. I mean, I think Missoula has a little bit of a uh, – uh, reputation for being a soccer town as well. And um, I don't know exactly how it happens. You know, part of it is like, as far as the soccer goes in Bozeman, they've won so many state titles on both the boys and the girls' side because they only had one high school for so long and they didn't have to divide their talent. Um, whereas in Missoula, a town that's, you know, a little bit bigger than Bozeman, but we had three high schools. Um, and when I think about Missoula being kind of a soccer town, it was testament. You know, my first season coaching the girls, um, it was the three Missoula schools were in first, second, and third in our conference. And then, you know, the Helena schools were down below that, and then and then the Kalispell schools down below that. And so it's just one of those things where um, I don't know how it becomes that way. Like, what what makes it a soccer town? It is kind of interesting because um, I guess on the high school front, we can attribute Bozeman's success in a lot of ways to the fact that they've never had to divide their talent. And I don't know how Missoula's done it. You know, we've always had three schools, and oftentimes on the boys' side, there's been one that's considerably weaker than the others, but not always. Um, I remember there probably five, ten, I don't know, maybe ten years ago now, that it was the same thing of the four teams that went to the state tournament, three of them were the Missoula teams on the boys' side, and that happens pretty often with us. So um, it hasn't happened in a few years, but it definitely happened a few years in a row back in the early 2010s. Um, but, yeah, that's a good question. It's a really interesting thing to watch. I think we're going to start seeing that play out in, in all kinds of sports as we wait to see what the fallout is of, of Bozeman Gallatin starting its own programs and, and just how that plays out. How much do you still pay attention to the, the boys' side of the state? And you were a long time boys coach at Sentinel. How much how much are you still sort of in that in that community knowing what's going on with, with that with that side of the game? Yeah, so you know, I, I still coach in the club in the spring. Um, younger girls is what I've had for the last few years, but um, so I still kind of stay connected with a lot of those players just because we'll be training on adjacent fields in the spring and things like that. Um, this is my first season not having the boys that I coached on the adjacent field. So the freshmen that were freshmen the year that I left the boys just graduated last year. Um, but also being a teacher in the school, I know a lot of those boys. So I'll, 
you know, try and watch some of their game a little bit when I'm not, you know, fully involved in watching our JV girls who play at the same time as the varsity boys. Um, as far as like following the bigger picture, I, I couldn't tell you who, other than Hellgate's in first, and I think Sentinel's either in fourth or fifth right now. I couldn't tell you really who's who's in between there. Um, I do have a really good relationship with the boys' coaches because they were former players of mine, and one of them is also a teacher here at Sentinel, and Justin Mikola, the boys' head coach, and Todd Thayer, the JV coach. They were both former players that I coached, so um, that's really cool. That's one of those those things where I look over and I see them. I'm really proud of them. Like I'm stoked that they're coaching and got got into the the life of being a coach and and they're really good guys and they do a great job with the program so um but other than that I, I don't know I don't really follow who's winning who's losing I just you know Justin and, and I um bounce ideas off of each other all the time and and that's been a really nice partnership I'm Andrew Houghton that's Dan Lockridge head coach of the girls soccer team at Sentinel High School Joining us here for the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, Dan, I'll get you out of here, but I, I, the one thing I want to know more about is just sort of what was your background in, in the game like? Um, like I said, you're, you're a longtime coach, 15 years now at Sentinel, coaching both the boys' and girls' teams. How'd you get into that? I mean, did you play when you were growing up? What was it like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in Rapid City, South Dakota in the 80s, and there wasn't a lot of... Um, there just wasn't a big club system until I was a little bit older. And um, so I played rec soccer growing up and did all that fun stuff. And then as I got into the high school years, um, uh, we did have a club program, but I didn't play too much in it. Um, I just kept playing with rec. And it wasn't until I got to college that, uh, and I didn't play college soccer the first couple years at all, other than I met up with these international groups, this group of international students, and we would literally play five days a week for about two hours at a pop. And that's when I actually started to get really good at soccer. You know, I was always athletic. I was fast. I could, you know, do things with the ball because I grew up playing it since I was five years old. But it, it, I didn't really start to excel until I was about 18, 19 years old, and I'm playing with all these international groups. And then I transferred out here to the University of Montana when I was a junior, and that uh, uh, just a club team that would come and go. One semester would be there, the next semester would disappear, and then the following semester someone would start it back up. It was always kind of a grassroots sort of thing. And so I played on that for, you know, three or four seasons, and that was really fun. But it was always just kind of a recreational, playing for fun. Never really had a high-level coach at any level. Um, And when I started teaching at Sentinel, um, Gary Stein, who had coached forever at Hellgate and Big Sky and Sentinel um, over the course of those, his his years, and he just retired last year. Um, he and I had played men's league together, and I started teaching at Sentinel, and he brought me on as his JV coach. So I coached JV for the first three years and um, learned a lot. Learned a lot from Gary. Learned a lot of what to do. Learned a lot of what not to do. And... Uh, it was um, it was uh, super fun, and then uh, after three years as the JV coach, I moved into the head coach position and held that down for eight years, and uh, that's when I decided it was time to move over to the girls' side. And the job had come up when Carrie Grasky moved down to Arizona 
and she let me know she was leaving and she knew that I had interest in popping over to the other side. So, um, so I did, and it's been maybe the best decision of my professional career. I have just thoroughly loved coaching the girls. It's been so much fun. Love stories like that, just hearing how people get involved with the game, get hooked on the game. That's Sentinel Head Girls Soccer Coach Dan Lockridge joining us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Dan, that was awesome, man. Thank you for your time. Good luck these uh, these next two games in the regular season here, and then, of course, going into the state tournament. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. This is Soccer in Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton, and on Soccer in Snow and Smoke, I'll bring you everything you need to know about the beautiful game, from the Montana Grizzlies and local high school programs to the Premier League. Listen to the Footy 15 segment twice a month on Nuanez Now, 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, and find the full show online on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy to be joined now on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast by Hellgate Boys head coach Jay Anderson. Anderson and the Knights coming down the stretch of another successful regular season. Looking to wrap up a high playoff seed. You guys are the two-time defending state champions. Just walk me through the season a little bit. How's it, how's it been, especially coming off the seasons like you guys have had recently? Uh, the season's been great. I feel like we're playing really good soccer at this point in the season. Um, I think like any team, we've had our ups and downs. We've had some injuries. We've had some um, things happen on the field where we've just missed some players some games. Uh, Every team goes through that, but uh, heading into playoffs, we are full force and we're going to shoot for another title. How important is it in soccer to be, you know, peaking at the end of the season? You hear about that, obviously, in track and field swimming, something like that, you want to be peaking at the right time. Is that something that you can coach for in soccer? Um, yeah, I think every coach strives for that. Every team strives for that. Um, yeah, we, we, we play good soccer. We train every day so that we're building up to this point in the season. Um, you know, early on in the season, I think coaches can try some things that they might want to adjust the the lineup and whether it works or not. Um, coming into the end of the season now, uh, we've got it kind of dialed in and we know what we're shooting for. Walk me through your guys' season a little bit. You said you guys were 11-0-2 when we were coming in here. Is that about where you thought you would be coming into it? I mean, you had high expectations, obviously, coming off back-to-back state championships, but, you know, that high, unbeaten, right? Yeah, you know, at Hellgate, we, we always have high expectations. There's been, um, you know, a run of success. But at the same time, you just don't ever know how good you're going to be until you start playing the games. Um, I, I don't know if I could have quite envisioned where we'd be at right now. Um, I knew we had a good team, but you don't know how players are going to gel together until you get them on the field. And, you know, as of lately, we're doing really, really well together, and I like the way that we're playing. Let's talk about your team a little bit. Obviously, expectations of success for Hellgate because of the runs that we talked about, the success that you guys have had. How much does that carry over year to year? How much do you guys lose coming into this year, and, and what's the makeup of the team this year? Yeah, um, you know, as the saying goes, success breeds confidence. So, you know, all the teams that I've had in the past have just kind of built up to this point. 
um, there's an expectation that you, you work hard in practice and you you do all the right things so that at the end of the season you have at least an opportunity to, to play for for the chance to win a title um, every year is different um, you know based off of last year we lost a lot of good players um, a few college players or seniors that went on to play college um, we had the two leading scorers in the state last year on my team so you lose those guys and you kind of wonder how you're going to do but I've had um, other guys just step into those roles and kind of fill them the one guy I think I remember from your team when I was here last was Beckett Arthur did he just graduate last year yep he graduated last year and he's now at Whitworth University over in Spokane starting as a freshman and doing fantastic yeah, he was a phenomenal player. When I, I think I covered you guys a couple times in 2018 when I was working for the Missoulian for a short period of time. Phenomenal player. So, how do you replace a player like that? Yeah, it, it's hard. You know, uh, Beckett was an amazing player, but every year you have an amazing player that you have to, you have to replace. Um, so last year we lost a number of guys, but some of our guys this year has really stepped up. Um, you know, the makeup of my team, I have 14 seniors this year. So I had those guys were all juniors last year. Some of them started for me, but some of them did not. And they were role players. So they've been kind of chomping at the bit for three years to get that starting role. And so those seniors that didn't start last year have really come through this year and they're ready to play because they've been wanting this for four years. Unbelievable. I mean, that could be your whole lineup with 14 seniors. I mean, you wouldn't have to sub in anybody younger than that. That's pretty crazy. Walk me through your team a little bit, and that's, you know, the way that you how, – how do you like to set up and play? And who are, who are sort of the players to watch this year? Yeah, so I guess my style of play as a coach is we, we try to be a possession-based team if possible. Um, you know, not every game is like that just based on the, the personnel and the team you're playing. So, you know, crosstown rival games are not always – the prettiest soccer it's a lot of emotion but from a general sense we try to be a possession-based team that's creative um, that we can attack from all different angles we can come from the midfield but we can also come from the back or come from out wide um, so we practice a lot of those things in practice um, we also like we I, I train them to to be gritty and to be to, to be workhorses. So they do the things on both sides of the ball, not just offensively, but also defensively. How necessary is that here and in Missoula, in Montana, where you're playing through snow a lot of the time? You're, it gets really cold here at the end of the season. Is that something that you feel is more necessary here just to have sort of the gritty defensiveness because you're not always going to be able to play the pretty soccer that you want to just because of the conditions? Yeah, so what, what I know about Montana kids is that they're very versatile. They, they work really hard. Um, you know, taking a kid like Beckett from last year, some of my other kids that are in college right now, college coaches love them because they can put them anywhere and they know that they'll, they'll grind it out and they'll put 100% into to practice. So that's something that I think all Montana kids have kind of coming from this environment. Um, and yes, as you said, coming into this last part of the season, um, you never know what you're going to get in playoffs. You never know what you're going to get in a state final. So um, sometimes it's going to look really, really nice, and sometimes it's not, and you just kind of have to grind it out. Talking here with Hellgate Boys Soccer Coach Jay Anderson on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. 
Hellgate been one of the most successful programs in any sport in the state recently, won the last two state titles. Six out of the last ten, shooting for another one this year. Where do you stand heading into this final game of the season? We're recording this on Wednesday, October 13th. Every team in the state has one game left. Do you guys have your, your playoff seating sewed up? I mean, do you know where you're going to be? Um, we personally know where we're going to be. There are some teams fighting out for those last seeds. So as of yesterday, we beat Helena High and wrapped up the number one seed from the West. I know that Bozeman has wrapped up the number one seed from the East. Um, and then after that, I know with this last game, there's a few spots to be had. So that's where we're at at this moment. Going into playoffs, you guys in the first round are going to be facing the, the eight seed from the West. Do you know who that's going to be? Uh, it's, it's one of two choices right now. It's either going to be Flathead or Big Sky. So depending on how this last game goes, it'll be one of them. And then after that first game everything gets reseeded you play cross region then so you guys would be taking on a team from the east there walk me through just a little bit of landscape in the state this year how many state contenders do you think they are there are uh who do you think they are how many you know how many teams are you expecting to be competitive in this state tournament um i honestly think the the final eight teams it could come down to any one of them. As you were mentioning earlier, it comes down to who's playing the best soccer at the end of the season. And I know that um, for the West in particular, um, you know, we, we had two very close games with Glacier High School. Um, we beat them on their field by, by three to two. They tied us on our field zero to zero. We've played them in the state semifinal the last couple years in a row. Um, they're also very senior heavy. They are... Um, on paper, right up there with us for sure. But also some other schools. Um, we just had a really good game with Helena High yesterday. They gave us a, a battle at our home field. Uh, Sentinel High School, we tied them on their field when we were up. They grinded it out and came back and tied us in the last couple minutes of the game. So there's a lot of options on the West. Um, I can't speak too heavily on the East, but I think that anyone that's in the quarterfinals and, and beyond has a chance. No doubt, because it takes a lot to get there. You brought up Bozeman High, likely to be the number one seed from the East. I was talking with Dan Lockridge, who's the girls' head coach at Sentinel earlier, about just Bozeman. Bozeman is a pretty good soccer town, right? What, why do you think that is? How do you think that community builds in a place like Bozeman or a place here like Missoula? Um, I think... Both soccer communities are actually pretty similar, to be honest. Um, Missoula and Bozeman both have really good club programs that really builds on the soccer talent in, in both towns. Um, you know, we as high school coaches, we only coach them for two and a half or three months of the year. So really, they're gaining their progress through club soccer and they they'll basically play November through July so their club coaches are doing a very good job and the clubs themselves in Bozeman and Missoula are doing a very good job of developing those players is it difficult to take players that have been you know year-round with the club and you get them for three months in high school is it difficult to you know play your style with them when they might be playing a completely different style for for the rest of the year um Style, I wouldn't say necessarily style. It's more of combining 
the kids because, you know, at the high school level, you're taking the top talent freshman through senior. So I might be combining kids from three different teams, you know, U19, U17, U16 teams, and it's taking all those kids that might be going to my high school and, and putting them together when they might not have played together because they're used to playing with their own age group for club soccer. Really interesting talking here on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast with Hellgate head boys soccer coach Jay Anderson. Jay, just one more question about about your team, Hellgate, and then we can get into some other stuff. Uh, I asked you before, but who are sort of the players to watch for you guys? I mean, the, the big names. Yeah, um, I, I've, I have so many guys I could talk about. Like I said, I've got I've got fourteen. Feel free. Teams, I mean, so. we we you can ramble a little bit. I okay. Interested in learning about these kids, you know? Okay, so uh, the first two off the top of my head are my two captains, uh, Felix Hahn, who plays a defensive center mid for us. He is just that hardworking kid that's going to break up plays on the defensive side of things, and then he'll he'll be the first guy to to build up our offense. Um, Marcus Anderson is my other captain. He is uh, a great talent. He, he plays a, a wing position and he has the ability to score goals, but his, his, his main attribute is that he can find other guys. He's got really good vision. He has uh, got the most assists in the state all time. Um, he averages about 20 assists a game or a, a year for the last three seasons. That would be something. Um, and then, uh, you know, other than that, Lars Thorne Thompson, uh, one of the also another really great, great player in the state, a really dynamic midfielder that I have is our leading scorer for the season, uh, really causes problems for guys in our midfield. Um, Cameron McNeilis, another forward similar to Marcus, plays on the other side, has scored a lot of goals for us this season. Uh, in the back, uh, starting with my goalkeeper, uh, Lauren Deskins, uh, really nice to have him back. He uh, has had some issues with injury, so he hasn't played every game this season for us. Um, I've actually had three goalkeepers throughout this year, and Lauren is is back after going through knee surgery this year and is playing great soccer right now. So we're very lucky to have him at this point in the season as well because he's a good shot stopper. And then other guys in the back, Floyd Stevens, Connor McMahon, uh, Aiden Anderson, Dylan Adkins, Ray O'Connell, they all play on my back line and just break up the play and they're, they, they communicate so well together. How much do you sub and does that is that a thing that changes year to year are you are you maybe doing it more this year with 14 seniors but how do you manage that as a high school coach because you have a lot more flexibility in in that game than you would in like professional soccer yeah so high school soccer has unlimited subbing compared to a professional game where you only get maybe three or four subs in a game um and I, I would say that I sub and most coaches probably sub depending on the game situation. Um, you know, depending on who you're playing, you might sub more versus uh, letting them play a bit. Uh, I would say that most coaches at this point, anyone that's at this point in the season, their whole priority is to try to win the state championship. So they're going to put the 11 guys on the field that are going to get that done. So I'd say there's probably less subbing at this point of the season than there was at the beginning of the season. Does it allow you, just in general and not at this point of the season, does it allow you to change formations quicker because you can get your personnel out there? Or is it just the communication and sort of the togetherness lacking a little bit when you try to do that too much? 
Yeah, I, I guess I think that's a fine balance. You don't want to sub too soon uh, or too often because you do want the players to get into a rhythm. Um, at the same time, if someone's just not having, they're having an off day or not a very good game, how much time do you give them to figure that out versus getting the guy on the bench who's chomping at the bit to try to make something happen? Absolutely. Talking here, picking the brain of Jay Anderson, the Hellgate Boys soccer head coach. Jay and the Knights looking to make a run in the third straight state championship this fall. Jay, we've talked a lot about your team this year. What's it been like in the years past when you you have that expectation of success that you talked about? But just what what's that like? I mean, that's something that not a lot of coaches, not a lot of teams, not a lot of programs experience. I've I've been very fortunate, obviously. Like I mentioned before, we have a very good club program in Missoula. So I'm fortunate enough to get those players that come to Hellgate. Um, and every, every year is different. You know, I enjoy every year for some of the same reasons, but also some, some different reasons depending on, you know, the players I have. Uh, um, you know, it, it's always special getting to the state final and just being there and kind of enjoying the atmosphere. Um, and it's always different. I can, I can remember each and every final for some different reason, you know, going back to the very first one or just to last year, you know, something that happened in the game or just, you know, the players that I had that you have that special bond with, you, you remember each and every one for a specific reason. What was your background? How did you get into coaching and especially coaching at Hellgate? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Missoula. I played at Sentinel High School back in the 90s, uh, went off and played a couple years of college soccer over in Washington State. Transferred to Billings, MSU Billings, with every intention to play. I ended up not playing for personal reasons, and I just kind of fell into coaching. I was 20 years old over in Billings. I wasn't playing anymore. I actually applied for a boy's job at Billings West, and they ended up offering me the girl's job at Billings Skyview. So while I was going to college and in Billings getting my degree, I coached two years at Skyview. And then I was uh, lucky enough to come back to Missoula to get a teaching job. And uh, Gary Stein, who was coaching, he was the head boys coach at Hellgate at the time. I had known him from my playing days um, at Sentinel. He was one of my teachers, also a, a rival coach because he coached at Hellgate. And he was willing to take me on as a JV coach, coach JV for a couple years at Hellgate. And then I've been the varsity coach for 20 years. That's very cool. Gary Stein is a name that's come up when I've talked with a lot of people here, especially people who came up in the Missoula soccer community. What was it like growing up here playing soccer in the 1990s? I mean, when, when you were younger? Uh, different than it is today. I, you know, I, I always talk to my coaches about how much better the players are today than when I played in high school. Um, I, I think I was a pretty good athlete in high school. Um, definitely not near the soccer player that the players that I have now are. Um, and it was great. Uh, back in high school, there were only like seven or eight teams in the entire state that had high school soccer. So you would play all of them. You'd have the state tournament back when I played in Missoula. So that was kind of a fun atmosphere getting to play in your own backyard um, and it's definitely different now so so many more teams you got class double a you got class a you even have some class b schools that are playing in that class a classification 
What do you know about the smaller schools? Because I haven't, I haven't talked to any like Class A coaches like you mentioned. I mean, who, who are the good teams down there? Um, so traditionally, um, over from our neck of the woods, Whitefish and Columbia Falls have been really solid on the west. Um, on the east side, uh, Laurel is pretty good, especially on the girl side. Billing Central is always pretty good themselves. And then, you know, sporadically you'll get you'll get someone in there that's maybe not traditionally a good team, but they've got a really good squad. Hellgate head coach Jay Anderson talking with us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Jay, I'll get you out of here because it's a, it's a late night here at the ESPN Missoula Studios, but I just want to thank you for taking the time to come in here and talk with me on a night in season. You guys are preparing for the state tournament. I really appreciate the time. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having me. I love talking soccer, so anytime.